Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Welcome to the Tinderbox. We are the podcast for Matchsticks and Gasoline, the Calgary Flames website for SV Nation. It's Mark, Gordy, and Michael this afternoon, and we actually have a ton of hockey stuff to talk about. No movies, no food, no road trip stuff, nothing. We actually get to talk about hockey, so this should be different and or fun. How's everybody doing today? Very sunburned. <laughs> All right, do tell yeah, pretty before much we get into hockey. <laughs> what happened? Oh, I, I went golfing with my dad yesterday, and yeah, the, the only winner was the sun. <laughs> Fair enough. Well, you know, used to being inside all wrapped up in that one winter gear all winter long, and all of a sudden the sun comes out, and you catch spontaneously combust on the golf course. <laughs> Did you at least have a good day of golf? Did you shoot well, or was it like sunburn and terrible golf? Uh, it got progressively better, but yeah, the the combination of sunburn and terrible play at the beginning was, was not a good combination. Awesome. Sounds like my golf game, Michael. You? <laughs> yeah. Same thing. I went golfing as well. Same thing. The sun was pretty much the only winner because I was golfing awesome. with like three other people that were just like ridiculously good. So <laughs> yeah. That's always the worst. And like my buddies on golf, they're like, I always try to set up like, you know, if I'm going to force them, like, like, okay. I want to golf with people who need to bring 50 golf balls. Like those are the people I want to play golf with. Like we can easily social distance because we're going to be in the woods at different points of the course anyway. So nobody's going to be near each other. So, all right, well, that's going to wrap up sunburn and golf talk on the, the, the beach and links podcast we have going on here. Uh, Calgary flames topics, Jerome McGinley going to the hockey hall of fame. Um, anybody surprised? <laughs> no. Okay, that should be the answer. Um, <laughs> obviously, clearly a, a Hall of Fame player. Um, if one of you guys wants to hop in, I have a kind of a small minor take on this that all will, will irk me the rest of the way through. But, um, Gordy, your thoughts on um, Iggy getting into the Hall? Well, I thought it's super deserved. It's nice to see him get in on the first ballot. You know, you, you see comments from other fans, and it just shows just how beloved he was league-wide throughout his career. It's it's well deserved, and it's it'll be great to see him in that hall. Michael, yeah, it's pretty much all I had to say too. I just think, like Gordy said, the fact that there was like one, even like Oilers fans and like Canucks fans only had good things to say about him. I think that just speaks to like not only how good of a player he was, but just how much he was really appreciated by the rest of the league and how good of a guy he was as well. Like you don't see that a lot these days. No, and I think that's part of Aginla's game that was so much fun to watch is, like, he was the absolute, like, all-around player. You know, I mean, he had the offense. Excuse me, he could play, you know, he was he was good at the other end of the rink on defense. He was also a nice guy within the community, but he was also a guy that could absolutely beat the snot out of you if he needed to. Like, just one of those just all-around, like, solid, front-to-back, great hockey players. Um, couldn't be happier for him. Thrilled he's in. I think my only one grab is I just wish he never had to leave Calgary. 
you know, like you look at the rundown of teams that he played afterwards. And that's the part of Iggy's game that will always, you know, as probably one of, if not my favorite Flames players of all time is just, I always wish he was just one of those guys that stayed with Calgary the the whole way. I mean, that's like a minor nitpick outside of that. I'm, I'm thrilled for him. I, I'm, I'm thrilled he's in. And I remember being in college when he was traded to Calgary. And I wonder, like, I always wanted, like, like someone, I would love a reporter to, like, reach out to Joe Newendike right now and ask him what he thinks of him getting into the Hall of Fame thanks to, you know, his, his who the hell's Jerome McGinley when um, he got traded to Dallas for him. So, but, yeah, good for Iggy. Um, I think we can probably wrap it up on that. Uh, Well-deserved. Um, I don't know. Maybe I make a road trip to Toronto at some point because I think that would be kind of fun to see. Um, kind of like piggybacking off of that, uh, there are a couple of Flames players that probably do deserve to be in the Hockey Hall of Fame. One that always comes up, and I think he should be in absolutely, is Theo Fleury. Um, do you guys have any thoughts on that? Yeah, I, I'll go. I, th- I think he's got the numbers and, you know, kind of the pedigree. He's got a cup to get in. Everything around Flurry not getting in seems to be, you know, non-hockey related topics, which I don't know if you keep if you keep a guy out of the hall for that. I'm not sure that's, you know, very fair considering it's the Hockey Hall of Fame, not the what do you think of Theo Flurry as a person or his history Hall of Fame? Yeah, and I think to to jump on that side of it, like the off ice stuff. Like Theo Fleury hasn't exactly lived the easiest life mm-hmm. of um, any athlete who's played professionally. Um, you know, and I think a lot of his problems off the ice stem from the horrible things that happened to him when it, when he was when he was in juniors. You know, and I wish people would kind of let some of the the nonsense stuff go with him. You know, the drinking and everything else, and just just let it be and realize that like a lot of stuff happened to this guy, and the fact that he was able to make a successful career out of where he came from, I think is impressive enough, but I'm a big backer. I think Theo absolutely should be in the hockey hall of fame. Michael. Yeah. Same thing. I think, uh, like Gordy said, you kind of have, you kind of have to hope at some point they just put aside any like grudges the league might have against him or like any, like anything holding him back there. Cause he was just such a fantastic player when he played, but, uh, I guess you have to start with finally getting his number put up at the dome first before we get into the hall conversation, probably. No, that's actually a good point. And um, I wonder if that's something Calgary will eventually, you know, make a move to because he had some, he had some very, very good years with the Calgary Flames. So I, uh, I think, I think both are probably well-deserved. My final candidate is somebody I beat the drum for all the time. I actually wrote a piece on it when I first started here is I think Mike Vernon without a doubt belongs in the hockey hall of fame. He's one of the best NHL goalies that's, hasn't made the hall of fame. And I know, I know it's not the NHL hall of fame. It's the hockey hall of fame across the board. So he doesn't have the international numbers that some of these guys have, but I think Vernon's NHL career stand out enough. I mean, he's got two cups. Um, he beat up Patrick Waugh, you know, I'm, I'm cool with him being in the hall of fame hundred um, percent. I know he was a little bit before your time, but um, either you guys, but do you have any opinion on Vernon getting in? I mean, if I look at Vernon, I'll jump on it quickly. Outside when they before they put up a Ginless twelve, only Mike Vernon and Lanny McDonald had their actual numbers retired by the Flames. To me, that says a lot about a guy that probably should be enshrined in there. Even though goalies are tough to get in, but and I'll leave that there. Uh, anybody, Michael Gordy, opinion? 
Yeah, that's all I was going to say is, you know, you look at guys like Aginla forwards mostly, you know, piling up points makes it a lot easier to build a case for the Hall of Fame. The goalie stats are very, have probably changed more than any other stat, you know, over the course of hockey history. But then you look at a guy like, I don't know, Kevin Lowe, who gets in this year with, you know, very poor stats and they, you know, put him in on kind of the basis of he's a defensive defenseman and you know some intangible things and it it does make you wonder why a guy like vernon wouldn't be you know wouldn't be admitted to the hall michael yeah i think kind of like gordy said i think he might just get in when you're kind of like loaded this year it's kind of like nobody really sees it coming and just suddenly he's there but he absolutely i think deserves it and You'd be hard pressed like to find any Flames coverage that has been talking about the whole thing. Where last week I didn't bring his name up, so like, I think he's more than due. I think it's just once you get past like a certain number of years, I think it's just like it'll just happen one day, and we're not really going to see it coming. I think one year. Yeah, and I think too it falls into like I look at it like baseball as well, like guys who, you know, writers who grew up watching guys in the seventies and the early eighties that were dominant baseball players but didn't have you know, a 15, 20 year stretch and weren't on steroids like guys like today, you know, you think that maybe some of these guys forget about guys who played in the early eighties, mid eighties, early nineties, when, you know, pads were small, you know, Vernon wasn't a big guy. Uh, he didn't have the, the crazy pads that the goalies have today. And, and still, I, I was, Michael and I were kind of briefly going over this before, like I wrote a piece about that and you'd be surprised how close his numbers are to some of the things like the last four or five goalies that have made it in to the hockey hall of fame. And he's really close to Grant fear. Like they're not that far off his goalies, which when I was researching it actually kind of surprised me. I mean, he doesn't have the cups clearly that fear has, but he also didn't play on those crazy stacked teams either. So anyway, I think we're all in agreement. I think we both were thrilled for Iggy, but maybe Theo and Mike Vernon should join him as well. Let's transition over to actual now current hockey talk. Playoffs may be starting at some point. Um, the NHL is cutting down um, host cities for the playoffs. Uh, they're down to six now. Um, anybody have a problem with any of those uh, other than that wily weirdo Edmonton video where uh, they made Edmonton <laughs> look like Fiji? Um, if you guys want to hop into that, feel free. Uh, I don't, I've never been to Edmonton, so uh, feel free to have that, but somebody wants to talk about that. Yeah, I, I think speaking for Mike as well, that video is just so funny as a Albertan because, you know, maybe one second of that entire footage is the actual city of Edmonton. Old Kenny's making it look like the, the playoffs are going to be played in the Rocky Mountains, which, you know, only only six or seven hours away from Edmonton. But, you know, if, if Calgary had a their new rink right now and hadn't had a you know, hot wave of COVID cases that Calgary and Edmonton is kind of a pair of hub cities probably would have been the best option. So yeah, we'll, we'll see what happens with all this. So, so what you're saying is where the Oilers play, there aren't gushing turquoise <laughs> waterfalls and smoke and mist wisped mountains and, <laughs> and moose and bear. No, that's not what, that's not Edmonton at all. If you have a high powered telescope, perhaps, but other than that, no. <laughs> So basically, that video could have been shot on the moon. It wouldn't have really mattered. It's oh, yeah. it's, it's it's insanity. It's, he's basically saying there is nothing good in Edmonton. So here's other footage of the province to make you to trick you into coming here. That's, that's, Michael, do you have any thoughts on that? We're gonna get killed for this, for the record. Yeah. <laughs> yeah my, my thing is like, 
I don't know why he put all the money into that too when it's like the players aren't going to be allowed to leave the bubble for the most part too. It's like, even if there was nice stuff like that in your habitat, it's like, here's all the things we're not going to let you go see until this is over. Like, I think they're trying to sell families, but like, I, it just made no sense from the start to the end. All right, fair enough. It's so it's yeah. You can't go to any of these places, but here's the Tim Hortons, uh, McDonald's, uh, a, a crappy local yokel bar, something like that. And uh, okay, let's go have hockey. Um, if you look at the the other host cities that are in line, they have six of them: uh, Columbus and Dallas and Pittsburgh were all eliminated. So we're left with now with Vegas, Chicago, L.A., Edmonton, Toronto, Vancouver. Um, American city wise, um, you know, LA is big enough to host it. Chicago is the murder capital of the world. I don't know how that's gonna, you know, fly bringing hockey there. And I don't even know what their COVID numbers are. Um, Dallas eliminated clearly because Texas is out of its mind with COVID, but, um, I wouldn't be opposed. I don't know how you guys feel. What if they did two Canadian cities, you know, if they did Toronto for the East and either Vancouver or Edmonton and keep the playoffs in the country where the game started um, thoughts on that, or am I just some, some dumb Yankee waxing poetic about how Canada gets no respect in the world of hockey, even though they invented the sport. Well, I think they've eliminated Vancouver as a primary contender as well. So basically okay. if, if uh, Toronto or Edmonton doesn't work, then they'll revisit the Vancouver idea. But I think as of now, if Vancouver's out as well, I, yeah, I, I, don't get why they maybe do this one on either side of the border. Like I, I think it should be, you know, either two American cities or two Canadian cities just for, you know, so you don't have to deal with the border, you know, every, every round or however this is going to work. But yeah. Yeah. With like needing passports and stuff to get in and out yeah. visas to get back and forth for fans and stuff. Yeah. No, that's a great point. Michael, uh, your thoughts on all Canada hockey playoffs. Let's do it. Well, I, mean, I think it was. Um... Sorry. Let's do it outdoors. Let's have outdoor playoffs in Canada in the middle of violent thunderstorms. Yeah, in the middle of August. Exactly. It makes perfect sense. Sorry, go ahead. Didn't mean to cut you off. Yeah, no, um, I mean, like, two Canadian cities would be cool. I heard there was an interview with, I think it was Elliot Friedman from Sports that came out today and basically said, like, the players just straight up don't want to go to Edmonton unless there's no other option. So... We'll see if that, that actually ends up happening. I think, probably, I think so. Yeah, I'm pretty sure like all of them are like when they get there, they just they they just get back on the plane. Honestly, that's awesome. Yeah. Sorry to continue your thoughts. Sorry. But yeah. So I was just gonna say I think like it sounds like Vegas is still in the running, which who knows? Because that's I don't think they're doing fantastic down there either. But I think Vegas and Toronto makes the most sense. But I don't know. Calgary is actually better COVID-wise now than Edmonton, which is interesting. So maybe just, I, I would say put the whole thing in like just Alberta. That'd be kind of cool. But um, yeah, and I think Vegas, Toronto makes the most sense. They're like nicest cities, most infrastructure to keep people kind of in a bubble. And yeah. I think it's, it's, those are probably the best choices. Yeah. And let's face it, on any given day, you can get something much worse than COVID-19 in Las Vegas. So, you know, there's, <laughs> that's, you know, but and it, it is... I'll, the United States right now, it's definitely like it's the southern country, and I'll probably get crap for saying this because I'm a northerner making fun of the south again, but like the south is like really getting pounded, like Florida, Texas, all of those areas, whereas, you know, the northeast is uh, seems to be doing pretty well, but Boston tried to do the Olympics at one point, which was a joke. I'm like, I could never imagine the NHL playoffs coming, like the entire playoffs coming to Boston because 
Boston's terrible on a Tuesday in March, never mind in the middle of the playoffs. So I think, yeah, I think Toronto, Vegas would be nice. You know, it'd give Vegas a good look. It's a big city. It's bright. It's exciting. But I wouldn't be opposed to, as you guys said, like all Alberta or all Canada. I think Alberta, I just sounded like such a Massachusetts <laughs> person. I add R's to words that don't need them and take them away from words that have them. All right. So we've covered playoffs. Um, COVID concerns, you know, players are starting to come down with COVID, you know, in the NBA, MLB, the NHL. I mean, Austin Matthews was a big name that had it. Are we anybody concerned that maybe we don't end up having playoffs if this kind of starts ramping up, if players are getting it before they've even started to get back to, you know, training camp, practice facility, and playing games? Uh, anybody got a thought on that? Well, I think, oh, sorry. Oh, Gordy, go. Sorry, I was just, I, I don't think they would have, you know, gone ahead with this phasing system in hub cities, you know, without the expectation that more guys were going to get it. Guys might get it, you know, during these playoffs. Like, I don't know, they, they, this whole system seems to be based off what do we do when people get it more, not if, oh, like we have to hope people don't get it. So honestly, no matter, you know, which Toronto superstars get it, I think, you know, it'll it'll go forward from this point, no matter what. Michael, you agree with that sentiment or you have a different thought? Well, my thoughts at the time were just like, okay, this isn't good. But at the same time, these are all guys who have just been pretty much outliving their lives for the last like three months. But once they actually get into the home city bubble out there, and they're probably actually safer than the general public. And now that there's no fans at games, I think at the start they shut it down because they didn't want 18,000 people in the building at once. But once the players and their families actually get into these bubbles, I think they're probably going to be actually some of the safest people on the planet from this. So the main thing is just getting through these next few weeks where everyone's kind of getting together, making sure like anyone that might have it stays isolated until they're recovered. But yeah, like I said, they're going to be the safest people on the planet once they actually get going and everyone's negative and they can keep everyone locked in. No, that, all that makes perfect sense. I think the playoffs will be a go until Sidney Crosby or Connor McDavid gets COVID-19. Then they'll shut everything down. There'll be no playoffs. You can't have, can't have those two guys sick. So um, so there's that. Um, we're going to take a quick break here on the Tinderbox. And we come back, we're going to talk a little bit about the draft lottery, which is nice because the Flames don't really have to worry about being in the top five, top six picks. And then we're going to talk about a top four pick for the Calgary Flames that um, isn't panning out so well. And Michael wrote a nice piece on it that got some wonderful reaction. So we're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back on the Tinderbox. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Welcome back to the Tinderbox. We are the podcast for Matchsticks and Gasoline, the Calgary Flames website for SB Nation. It's Mark, Gordy, and Michael today. We're talking all Flames hockey today. We just covered host cities, COVID, Calgary Flames in the Hall of Fame. Now we're going to hop into the draft lottery, just I think pretty quickly. Um, you know, the balls go tonight, uh, Friday night, uh, 8 p.m. They're going to uh, Eastern Time. They're going to you know figure out the draft order, you know, as it goes. Um, Anybody like excited that we don't really have to worry about this this year for this year for a while? I mean, Calgary struck gold with Kachuk, you know, the last time they had a really high pick. But um, anybody got any thoughts on the the draft lottery as it happens tonight? 
I, I want to see Ottawa get the first pick with San Jose's uh, traded pick. I think that would be that would be nice and vengeful. <laughs> Michael, any thoughts? I just hope the top few picks either uh, stay or uh, stay out east, stay out of California, because we already have McDavid in the division. I don't want another like generational superstar. That's just going to actually right. light us up six times a year. Go Jersey. Let's hope you guys get it. Yay. <laughs> well, but Detroit, like Detroit's got the, you know, the best odds to get that number one pick. Would it be the most Detroit season ever if the Red Wings didn't get that pick this year? <laughs> just because it's just been such a horrible season. They finally catch a break that the season gets canceled. So they don't have to play hockey anymore. And then they just don't get that number one pick. It kind of reminds me of like, if like when the Celtics had all the odds to get Tim Duncan and couldn't get Tim Duncan, you know, and, had all the odds to get Kevin Durant and they couldn't get Kevin Durant. I feel like that's like poor Detroit situation. I'm almost kind of like half rooting for Detroit <laughs> to be like, Hey, we just like, go ahead, just take it. We feel bad for you. Like it's Detroit. The water's bad. The team's bad. Here's the number one pick. But then you got to be that guy. that's like, Oh God, I'm the number one pick and I got to go to Detroit. <laughs> you know, it just sounds terrible. No, I just all of, all the Detroit uh, cities in those top five. No, and I look yeah, so Detroit, New Jersey, Ottawa, yeah, San Jose. Yeah, yeah, you win. Yeah, that's not really good. <laughs> but I guess you know if you're going to be the number one pick, you're going someplace that's well not really nice. So fair enough. All right. Any other thoughts on the draft lottery? Or do you want to move on and talk about Sam Bennett, my favorite Calgary Flame? <laughs> so Michael did the the Flame should cut bait and trade Sam Bennett piece. I uh, was it a week and a half ago now. I think Michael about that. I know it wasn't last week. I think we're about yeah, a week and a half. Yeah. And um. I've Michael said he wanted to write the piece and immediately I said, can I write the forward? Like I want to write the eulogy to Sam Bennett's career with Calgary. Cause I've been beating the drum for just to be done with him for years. I mean, number four pick in the draft, you know, didn't, hasn't worked out for him. He's turned into a bit player, you know, with a limited role on the team, which is fine. Um, I do believe somebody said that Calgary should definitely hold on to him for one more year. Cause they could see a 50 point season out of him. And I almost had a stroke when I read that. Um, Michael, you want to lead in and talk about your piece a little bit on the the end of the Sam, the hopeful end of the Sam Bennett era? Well, yeah, that was my whole thing coming into the article. It wasn't that like I was going to say they should trade him just like straight up no matter what, because like I think he's fine for what he does. Basically, the basis of the entire article was to say, I don't think he's going to have more value to the team next year or potentially further down the road than he would in, like, an asset they could get for him this summer just because he's still got, like, that fourth overall pick thing going for him. And, and frankly, I think he's replaceable. I think he got, he got like eight goals this year. He's paid, which I think he's paid over $2.5 million, which in the way the salary cap's going to be set up is worth pretty much – is worth a lot more than we thought it was going to be. So between saving a bit of money and, like, getting at least something for him, I think it makes like a lot of sense just to consider moving on from him. Again, I don't think he's like a terrible bottom six player, but I just think there's more value in moving him. Uh, Gordy, thoughts? Uh, I agree with Mike too. Like for sure, like he's he's most tradable right now. He's still a big body, big fighter, and he's <clears throat> still got that little bit of unknown where you know some people are going to believe he can still pop off a 50-point season, even if that's completely foolish. I, I might hang on to him for another season as well, just because there's the 
fun little uh, expansion draft coming up again. And he is somewhat, he could be somewhat tantalizing as a pick if that, you know, saves the flames a defenseman possibly, but yeah, no, there's, there's nothing wrong with, you know, trading Bennett is not going to have any kind of impact on the team. Yeah. That's how I kind of look at it. It's not like you're dealing a, a top six forward or your top defensive pairing. One of those guys, he's, you know, he, I clearly think the flames, picked him in that spot one because that's what was there and they had hopes for him and it just hasn't worked out i mean you look at his point totals his best point total ever was in um 15 16 where he had 36 points and it's gone down ever since then 26 26 27 and he only had 12 this year um he was clearly struggling um this year you know his shots are all over the place i mean he had 82 this year down from 115 last you know it's I don't, I don't think his game's getting better. I do like some of the things he provides. I know I feel like he's my whipping boy on the team. Like, when everything goes wrong, I blame him, even if he's not on the ice. Um, just because he constantly falls down. Though so he did do a pretty – do you guys see that trick shot he did the other day for Chris Snow, where he came by on the hoverboard, caught a football, rolled around, and then threw the football in through a basketball hoop around the hoverboard? I thought that was pretty cool. But I'm like – I was like, you can do that, but you can't stand up. This makes no sense to me whatsoever. Um but no, to get back to on point, I think Bennett is one of those guys that does provide a small role for this team. He does kind of provide that grit, seeing they don't have any of their former grit guys around anymore, like in Furland and Hathaway. But I just, I always expected more out of him. And maybe I just need to get over the fact that, yes, they picked him at number four, but sometimes you just pick a player at number four because that's what's there. Doesn't mean he's worthy of that draft spot. But um, they've, look, it, it, everybody keeps, you know, the, the comments, I was kind of surprised they were kind of a 50-50 split, which I thought there would be more people looking to get rid of him. But, um, you know, people are like, oh, wait till see, you know, the playoffs haven't even happened yet. And I'm like, you really think he's, you really think Sam Bennett, I mean, I'll ask you guys this. Do you think Bennett's going to be a a really important cog in the playoffs and like a difference maker? Or is he just going to be, you know, a guy that gets limited minutes just because of where he plays? I mean, he does bring to be fair he brings his best hockey for some reason in the playoffs like he was you know arguably the best forward against Colorado last season it's just it doesn't make any sense why he can't bring any of that for you know the 82 important games that get you to that place yeah I mean you look at him last year he had five points in five games you know he had a goal and four assists had 16 penalty minutes you know so you know did what he was supposed to do he had 25 hits you know so you know Playoff numbers are there. I just, I, I don't know if he's just a guy that you, you know, you look at, you're like, yeah, that's a guy that's going to be here for a long time or long term, or he's a big difference maker. But that's just me. I've been wanting to trade him for at least two seasons now. So maybe I'm just no fun. Um, anybody else have any thoughts on that? Or we want to wrap up Sam Bennett with a nice little bow. I know our readers weren't really thrilled with it, which was funny. Like the, the, the reader comments are the best. <laughs> when they say vague things like this is the dumbest one yet i'm like well which dumbest one what <laughs> so michael any final thoughts on your um your sam bennett uh go away piece i mean all i want to just say is like i can get I'll the people that. who want to argue like he brings grit and stuff and like keep him going on that side of it but like i there's the people who either like the two arguments that just like put me off the deep end are the people that say he hasn't been given a chance in the top six yet when he really hasn't earned it, in my opinion. So that's like the big one for me. I don't know what your thoughts are on that, but I just lose it when I see that. No, I agree. He's been given some chances with the with the top six, and he hasn't done anything with it. So I don't, you know, it's you can only give a guy so many chances. Like, they've put other guys up there. Like, when Furlan 
was up there with Gaudreau and Monaghan. He had a ton of success and he played that, you know, heavy body role, but he collected points and played well. Uh, Lindholm's got that spot. He's not taking it. He's not going to crack the, the, you know, the Kachuk line. So the, I, I just, with, I don't, I think Andrew Mangiapane has played his way past him as a guy who's going to take that roster spot in the top six. And he's not going to give that up. I, I think that's how I look at it. So you're looking at a, a bottom six guy, how much do you really want to pay that guy for what he delivers when they're a dime a dozen? You know what I mean? But I don't know. That's just me. Maybe I'm just too negative. Speaking of negative, <laughs> poll came out. Uh, who did the poll? I got to look it up. Uh, 660 News did a poll by a study. Well, they wrote, they put the article out. It was a study by casino.org, took into um, a study about language amongst fan bases, and they tallied up profane words per 100 subscribers and with 73 out of 100 subscribers using various vulgarities the calgary flames fan base is the number one vulgar fan base in the nhl um i've never been to the saddle dome so i can't tell you um i go to a lot of games in boston and i can tell you that is a horribly drunk vile mouthy fan base um coming in right behind calgary were the vancouver canucks and the philadelphia flyers the flyers fans came in number three which i find hysterical because that city once booed santa claus and threw batteries at him um like <laughs> i don't know how that city falls to three is calgary really that vulgar are they really that bad i, I think the study was specifically done on you know the nhl team subreddits and yeah, there's a I, I'm part of that subreddit as well. There's a couple there's a couple of guys there that, that they definitely are not afraid to let you know how they feel by any means necessary. <clears throat> but it is probably pretty funny seeing three Western Canadian teams in the top five and then all the California teams, I think, round out the bottom three, which I'm not sure anyone would expect. Yeah, so you go through that whole thing that says only at the end, only 3.9% of fans believe Calgary was really the most vulgar. But 400 fans that were voted, 37% the Bruins were the worst and Philadelphia was second. I'm like, yeah, those people have been to those cities. That makes sense. Michael, are you really that vulgar? Well, I'm just happy we finally won something. So that's, <laughs> that's where I'm at with it. Do we get a cup for that? Can the Flames fans raise Can we raise a cup for that? You know, share it all summer like a giant silver middle finger or something we can hand around <laughs> something like that so no stanley cups since 89 like but hey the silver middle finger trophy the silver middle finger trophy i think we should make it. we should start handing it out we'll make it out of i feel like boston has to have one somewhere like there has to be one lying around somewhere in the streets of boston that we can grab yeah we have a weekly one just hand out to people up here just just because you asked for directions Where's the nearest Panera? F you. Here's a trophy. Knock yourself out. <laughs> Have a good one. So um, I think that's about it. That's all we had planned. Anybody, anything else they want to talk about? Just, you know, you want to drop some F-bombs and prove that you guys are vulgar. Have at it. You know, we're cool. We can do that. Or we can just politely be very nice and say, thanks for listening. So anybody got anything they want to touch on? Uh, Michael, do you think uh, with, they've said the cap, the cap will be stagnant now for three years. Do you think this will you know, badly damage any chances the Flames have at re-signing, you know, their defensemen this offseason? Um, I will say, like, I feel like they're only going to bring back one of them regardless of where the cap was going. But, yeah, it's going to be brutal. There's going to be a lot of juggling needs to be done by the league just with where salaries were going and where guys were already starting to get paid for next year. 
when they were getting extended, like they were projecting a much higher cap all the way up until this happened. So I think we could see some like uh, they're talking about compliance buyouts, which like I would use on Lucic 100%, even though I really like him on the team. Mm-hmm. But there's gonna have to be some serious juggling done if we can't if the cap doesn't go up at all for now three years for sure. Yeah, it's funny. I think I touched upon that in my my Hamannick report card because Hamannick's one of those guys that's up and it's like, do you bring Hamannick back? And, you know, like he's probably gonna request similar, if not a bigger contract than what he has right now. And does anybody else? Do you guys think he's worth it to bring back? I mean, I love I love that he'll put his face in front of anybody and stick up for his teammates, but. Uh, you know how much how much of your cap are you going to put into him when there's other things you need to bring in or resign? I think there might be a chance Hamannick would take a little bit of a, a you know a cap cut just to stay in Western Canada. I know that's you know a big desire of his, but then at the same time you look at Winnipeg, who has no more defensemen, and you wonder if they wouldn't pay him kind of whatever he wanted to come there. Yeah, no, that's a good point. You know, and the salary cap thing definitely could handicap some teams, you know, who have been, you know, just throwing money at players and loading up, you know, spending two thirds of their salary cap on four players, you know, which doesn't make it. I never <laughs> understood that. I think that's the one thing about Badger Living. You can say whatever you want about him. Calgary stars are all locked up at incredibly reasonable deals when they would probably be making at least at least two to three million more somewhere else if they had signed. So. I guess kudos to the Flames for putting them in a decent uh, salary cap position. Um, anything else you want to talk about? We good? Michael, you got anything else here? Gordy, are we, uh, we good to go? I'm good. All right. Well, if you enjoyed this lovely episode of The Tinderbox, please search us up on iTunes, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, and Spotify. Just search up The Tinderbox or Matchsticks and Gasoline, and you will find us. Download us and listen to us because we are awesome and we are not vulgar. Gordy, Michael, awesome work today. Thanks for coming on. You guys, we all appreciate you coming on and listening, and we will catch you next time on The Tinderbox.